0: I'm John. I'm Rob. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. So Rob, has play-to-earn gaming wronged developing nations? Well, the mainstream media seems to think it has. Let's have a look.
1: Okay, Rob. So before we get into the other topic for this podcast, um, a lot's happened in the past week. Um, Mm. First off... We met in person for the first time. <laughs> we
0: did, which is crazy that it's taken that long, but uh,
1: take that long it did. Yeah, 34 episodes in and we, uh, we finally met each other in London, which was very cool. It um, was. Secondly, Minecraft announced that they hate NFTs, which has oh, um, had some yeah. interesting reaction from, uh, from both within Web 3 and outside of it.
0: I think I was, so I wrote an article about the news piece, obviously, and let me get your reaction first. What 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 did you make of it?
1: Um, well, obviously I'm against um, them preventing projects from implementing NFTs in any case. Um, mm. I think the reasoning they gave was, I, I understand where they're coming from, but I think it's a bit shaky. Um, So they talked about, you know, NFTs can go up and down in price and you might, you know, essentially token gate a Minecraft server or, you know, only be able to buy or only be able to use X Minecraft skin if you have this NFT and, you know, they were worried about Mm. profitability um, coming before gameplay, which is, you know, they're topics we've discussed on the podcast before. Um, But I don't. I don't really think them saying all NFTs aren't in the spirit of Minecraft, whatever they're trying to say that is, was the kind of the right argument to go down if they wanted to come up with a reason why they didn't want to uh, have Web3 companies implement NFTs. So um, what were your thoughts on
0: it? So I thought as far as banning NFTs and games go, they were the best so far Mm -hmm. because they did at least say that it's something that they will keep analysing, they will keep yep. an eye on, and they think if they can keep the their community safe, then perhaps they'll look at uh, allowing them in the game. The reason I have some empathy for that is something we've talked about a lot. You know, Minecraft is more or less marketed at children. Yes. That's not to say it's not a game that's played by adults all over the world. And mm-hmm. um, it's an iconic cult game, but uh, it does have a huge player base of under 18s. And NFTs are still largely unregulated. And we have seen the sort of behavior some projects uh, partake in that would be completely immoral in most circumstances, but indefensible and completely immoral against children. Um, So I think I could have done a better job of explaining why (laughs) they should ban them. Yeah. not that I think they should have. I think there's probably other ways. But I actually don't blame them for what they've they've done. I don't blame them for that. It does raise a lot of questions with um, some projects that are building on Minecraft servers. There's loads of them. Yeah. And don't know where they go from here. I don't know what they do.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, the biggest one on the Wax blockchain would, of course, be Uplift Worlds, um, mm-hmm. which they're now run by a DAO. So the, the DAO is now deciding and the best thing to do i think they, as we speak they're currently voting on whether they should try and uh, give the nfts um utility in a game that isn't minecraft um yeah. to, to try and basically port it to to another game which is one option um, but of course the biggest um, collection that uses always based around minecraft is nft worlds um hmm. which was selling land in minecraft effectively for a uh, for, for quite a bit of ETH and um, yeah. yeah I think they've announced that they are going to I'm not sure if they said they're going to move to or they're going to build their own Minecraft-esque experience um, so that you, the utility that was sold to um, collectors is still the same which um, yeah. would be will be interesting would be very interesting for sure
0: yeah I think these games need to either refund their player base which they're not going to do let's be honest mm. Um or they need to find a way of implementing the NFTs in a new way. The problem is, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of projects do this, they'll be like, all right, no worries, forget Minecraft, we'll just do it in our own engine. We'll, you, you know, we'll not necessarily build our own engine, but perhaps we'll use Unity um, or uh, some sort of pre-built game. Yeah. I think they're not necessarily going to be aware of how expensive that can be, In not only in terms of getting it off the ground, um, and basic development, but upkeep as well. It's, you know these sort of games run into problems all the time, particularly when they're sandbox games. People are always trying to find ways to exploit it, so uh, it's a tricky one. I, th- I really think it's going to be it's going to be rough to get out of this situation. But um, th- this is why I'm, uh, I'm giving a little preview here. But this is why I'm writing an article for NFT Insider at the moment um, based on digital sharecropping, where people are building things on other people's land without knowing their feelings towards what they're building. Yep. And this, this is exactly what's happened on Minecraft. And it's going to happen in other games as well. Um, I, I can't, I don't know enough about Roblox to know if this is possible there, but uh, that's another example. Then there's the GTA five private servers. Um, there's several games that, well, I say games, several companies that have implemented NFTs in those. Uh, I think it's a strange time for uh, NFT gaming and particularly when you're building on someone else's platform that's, it's always been so I I mean I'm not going to go into this too much because there's a whole article coming (laughs) for you but um, I warned of this in photography in the other sector I've worked for sort of 10 years because people were building huge followings on platforms like one of the first ones I saw as a problem was Flickr People were uploading their pictures to Flickr, getting a huge following, getting work from Flickr. And then obviously, if you start getting paid for doing something or you start getting clients from working in a certain area, you're just going to keep pressing that because, you you know, that's what you do in business. If you yep. find something that works, you keep doing it. And then Flickr really fell out of favor. I mean, it's still really popular, but it fell out of favor a bit. And I used to get work through it. And then I stopped getting work through it. And I didn't really care because I wasn't trying to build a following. But we've seen this time and time again. Um, Instagram is a a brilliant example. And this was the one that prompted my article is that people were building businesses on Instagram Mm -hmm. with Instagram as the basis for their business. And then Instagram changed their algorithm. Suddenly these businesses aren't getting the same sort of traffic. They aren't getting the same sort of sales. And they were basically building on quicksand. They were building on someone else's property. And that person can change the landscape at any point and that's what we're seeing in in blockchain gaming at the moment it's a lot of people to save having to do long-term development of you know an entire game engine or an entire game on a complex engine like unity or unreal engine they are building on games that are already established that are made with building in mind and now we're seeing things like minecraft pulling the plug and God knows how much money has gone into these games, not only in development, but from players who are interested in playing in a Web3 version of of Minecraft server. So, oh, it's bad. I think it could get really, really messy over the next few months.
1: Yeah, it could get messy. I'm not sure whether or not um, Mojang, the team behind Minecraft, really thought about the ramifications of, what their kind of updated policy would be, but as you said, mm. it, it's good that they're keeping an open mind, and they say they may revisit the topic in future, um, which mm. is good. And um, just on your on your point there, it's uh, as a side note, it's why you see so many people that you know blow up on YouTube or Twitch um, as quickly as possible, try to build a following on other platforms as well. So mm. you know, YouTubers will immediately you know try and get a secure um, line of funds through Patreon. You know where viewers themselves are directly given money for content rather than having to rely on the whims of the algorithm and advertisers and all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I was at the Global NFT Summit last week, and this will be my last point on uh, on Minecraft, and, and I can't remember exactly who said this. It was either uh, Sebastian Borgia from um, The Sandbox or it was Dirk Luth from, uh, from Upland. I can't remember which of the two, um, but they did say that for, for NFT worlds in particular it was kind of their fault for not contacting Mojang in the first place and asking what their thoughts would be on this kind Hmm. of project before taking, I mean, I don't know how much money NFT Worlds has raised, but you'd think it'd be the responsible thing to do if you're planning on or are going to raise, you know, six figures, seven figures um, through selling a a product to uh, the public. Um, But anyway... Um, that's uh, that's something we can revisit. Something else before we go into the, uh, or the last thing, before we get into the topic for the pod, is um, yeah. I can't remember if it was last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago and we were talking about the metaverse, uh, and I put up a tweet um, earlier this week, uh, which basically said, I've yet to hear anyone explain what a metaverse is in simple, clear, unambiguous terms. Anyone fancy giving it a go? Um, and we had mm, some, No, thank you. <laughs> we had some interesting responses. I'd like to go through a few of them. Um, one of the most popular responses was, um, you browse the internet, you experience a metaverse. I'm not quite sure I agree with that. I don't think the internet and the metaverse are the same. Mm, he goes on to no. say it's basically interconnected virtual worlds that act as a platform for online immersive experiences. I think the second half of that's closer. I think internet equals metaverse is probably a bit too broad. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pick out two others in particular. Yeah. So, um, a digital multi-user social ecosystem where individuals connect with others around the world through separate but connected spaces. Um, I think that's too complex. I think it's it may be more accurate, but if you say that to someone on the street, they'd be like, "What? It's
0: pretty vague." What, what, though. what did
1: you just say? Yeah, it, it's it's too vague. And um, kind of the third one, I'll uh, I'll say. Um, is it's not what is a metaverse it's how metaverse is it at a moment in time the metaverse is always changing at some point nfts and crypto may not even be the metaverse they might be our own cybernetic minds (laughs) it's tough to answer a question that the answer is always changing too i mean i think it's i think it's viable for someone to ask what a metaverse is um i i I don't think that answer is i I get where they're coming from that answer but i don't think it's useful to, you know, your average Joe on the street. Um, No. I think even uh, Google have... uh, I I was looking at LinkedIn the other day, um, and there's a guy here called uh, John Radoff who um, wrote an article for the Pew Research Centre on metaverses, and basically his definition of metaverse is now the number one ranked one on Google. Um, And his, his definition is that they are an embodied virtual reality experience... Um, a Web three framework for economic interoperability and a creative platform for experiences, which
0: mm. that's, well, that's I probably pretty that's good. Okay,
1: actually. here's a here's a question for you. Do you think metaverses need to be in VR? No, no
0: neither do we we don't. <laughs> I. not I think <laughs> they may end up there. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's uh, a prerequisite for a metaverse. It's,
1: no. it's weird how all the kind of most common definitions of metaverses that come up by uh, by various people all mention it. It must be in VR. It has to have a VR aspect,
0: but... It's just Ready Player One, isn't it? Yeah. I,
1: <laughs> it, I mean, what it's, think of. it's clear even on that point that people have wildly different... Expectations of what a metaverse is. So it's something, um, it's something we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll revisit in time. I'm sure as time Mm. goes on, people might get closer to an agreed to definition of what a metaverse finally is. Um, But anyway, um, on to the topic of the podcast, which was, uh, which is, rather, um, has Play to Earn Gaming wronged developing nations? Now, this topic came from a uh, Time article that was published three days ago. Uh, by Andrew Chow and Chad D. Guzman, um, titled A Crypto Game Promised to Lift Filipinos Out of Poverty. Here's what Happened Instead. So, of course, this article is about Axie Infinity. And basically, they, uh, they spoke to um, a Filipino man who uh, kind of made his living for an amount of time um, through Axie and talked about. The article talks about kind of the uh, the responsibility of Axie in the scenario, you know, after the uh, the crypto crash, and you know the bull market um, that we, uh, sorry, not bull, the bear market mm. <laughs> that we're in um, at the moment. And coming out of this article, somebody posted it to uh, r games on Reddit, and some of the comments are quite fruity, I suppose. Um, and I thought it was worth talking about for this episode of the pod
0: so you sent me down a rabbit hole I was in a good mood before you sent me into this rabbit hole (laughs) Um, it was more you more sent me into the trenches rather than uh, a rabbit hole Yeah. so I I generally avoid our gaming um, when it mentions NFTs in any way because it just elicits the same response every single time and you see variations of the same comments um, it's a little bit like there's lots of um there's lots of subreddits that are quite politically motivated. And if you go in any of those and say the opposite opinion or post anything with the opposite opinion, you're just gonna get torn to shreds. It doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong or they're right, but um it's just how Reddit is, it's how the internet is. However, the article annoyed me um for a number of reasons. And I think the que- so the- we're gonna talk a lot about Axie Infinity here but I actually don't think Axie Infinity is necessarily the the most interesting part of this question yeah I think it's just a foundational part of the question yeah um but before we get on to answering that I guess we need to look at this article in particular um so (laughs) I don't know where to start really they there's there's some there's some things that I want to call out straight away um the first, I'm going to try and be as balanced as I can, because if, if I'm not, then I'm doing the same thing they are from a different perspective. But this story is sensationalist in the extreme. Yeah. It's as if they've gone out of their way to find the worst possible story they could. Um, they So we'll put it in the show notes so you can read it, but if you haven't read it, essentially it's... Um, A young man, I think he was 26 or 25, (laughs) uh, in a developing nation, the Philippines, uh, struggling to earn enough money to live and to take care of his sick mother who had had a stroke. I mean, immediately, if you're not in his camp, you're a psychopath. Uh, And then, so my first point was, this is so sensationalist. What it's doing is rather than appealing to logic it's appealing to emotions, which is uh, it's a common debating technique and it, it's used in every type of media but it's very frustrating to to see when someone's talking against you but they're giving uh, the the best example I've got of this at the moment is uh, an nft uh, an nft what am I talking about uh, a podcast that's nothing to do with nfts mm-hmm. and Um, They were talking to the people who were on the jury of a miscarriage of justice. And basically it became a hung jury because some people wouldn't um, acquit this guy who wasn't guilty for a a crime. And they were interviewing the guy who was pushing for him to go to prison. And he was saying things like, well, he looks like a thug um, and he's got tattoos all over his arms. And it's our duty to make sure the streets are safe uh, and like, he he wasn't engaging with the question. He was just, a, and he convinced a load of jurors that, okay, maybe this, maybe it is the best thing to put this guy in prison, even though he hadn't committed, there wasn't like reasonable doubt was, I mean, it's so reasonable. <laughs> uh, but the, the point of this was is that the guy that was converting this jury was simply appealing to emotion. He wasn't yeah. appealing to evidence or logic. And that's what this article does. It, it appeals to emotion. And I was getting myself in a bit of a state about how angry I was at Time magazine, which is, you know, iconic. And they actually also have a presence in the metaverse, in inverted commas, metaverse. Uh, But, you know, because they're, you know, they're building Times Square, Mm -hmm. like times. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever, I guess they have to be balanced. But then I started thinking, is it hypocritical to say that they're appealing to emotions when they should be appealing to logic when the initial groundswell of play to earn did the exact same thing from the opposite angle yeah i mean i i, I wrote articles about so i'm going to reference this a hundred times in this podcast but um i've also mentioned it about 20 episodes ago leah callum butler's documentary on play to earn uh, where she went to the Philippines and in, uh, interviewed people. This is really early, late twenty 2020, twenty, early twenty twenty one. So it was before Plato earn was really like you know um, well established. And in this documentary, it, it's really uplifting because people who were struggling during COVID, like the height of COVID, they couldn't put food on their table. It is genuine breadline poverty in a developing nation. They were struggling to make. The minimum wage in the Philippines is, is very low. The cost of living is very low, and basically, this Axie Infinity was just bringing people out of of starvation and struggling and stress, and putting money in their pockets and food on their tables by playing a game. And it was it was inspiring. And I wrote about it in the same way that a lot of people did, where where I was showing the good it's doing, but wasn't really appealing to the the evidence of whether it could, it's sustainable, um, which. Many people called out Axie Infinity's economy as unsustainable, which they've arguably been proven correct on. And I think maybe I I'm kind of as bad in, in a way as this article because I was promoting it, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like this article is really laying into play to earn as a whole, and crypto as a whole. And it keeps using things like Ponzi scheme and and using tired cliches rather than focusing on Axie, which it says it's about Axie, but it's not. It's talking about the whole play to earn sector, the whole crypto industry. And that's where I think it really wronged it. I've noticed this soliloquy has gone on for a long time. <laughs> so it's coming back over the net at you. So there's, um, there's a couple of points I want to bring up um, from the, the
1: back of that Um Firstly, just as a bit of of context, um, I'm half Filipino. My mother's side of the family um, is Filipino, and I have members of my family that I know for some time um, did play Axie Infinity um, and were playing it as a as a way to um, supplement their income, let's say. Mm. Uh, and it is very true that for a lot of them, um, playing Axie um, was Getting them more money at the end of the month than having a, a traditional job, like what this this article from Time um, describes. So, so that bit is is true. Um, but going through the article, as you said, it starts off with uh, this guy, Samson Orías, um, was earning four thousand pesos a month, which is about eighty dollars, uh, making Japanese octopus balls, and he basically made seven to eight times that playing Axie Infinity. Whilst it does touch on the fact that um, Axie Infinity kind of promoted itself as a play-to-earn game, what I think this article implies, and what a lot of people in the Reddit comments have latched onto, is the belief that Axie Infinity was somehow promoting itself as "Hey, this can replace your full-time job." I mean, even yeah. that even the title says a, fil- a a crypto game promised to lift promised. Filipinos out of poverty. I don't think yeah. it ever did that, and it would be horrifically responsible for any play-to-earn game to promise that to its yep. players. Um, that's just horrifically sensationalist headlining, which is, you know, for a lot of people that um, that don't read the article, if they just latch onto that headline, then they're immediately going to think that, oh, ooh, crypto games are bad. And I, I, the, the article goes into the specific structure of Axie Infinity and how it kind of, enabled people like um samerson here to kind of uh, be wronged by the game once um, we entered a bear market um but just saying it's crypto games in the headline as you said it, it looks like a, or it feels like an attack on the concept of play to earn itself the concept of web yep. 3 and blockchain and and nft games and it's it, it, it as you said it's, it's very sensationalist um, I'm hmm. just scanning through the article here. There was a specific line in it. Um, oh, bear with me. You can jump in here, Rob, if you like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll jump in while you look for it. So uh, firstly, I completely agree. And I, I've noted down um, some similar things. I did actually look into whether Axie had at any point said they're, they're, their game is a way of surviving or you know, a way of earning a, um, an income. And I couldn't find it. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I couldn't find it in my cursory searches. And that isn't to say there aren't games that have done that because there have been. And I wasn't even 100% sure that Axie definitely hadn't because they were very successful and that place to earn element was more or less the reason for it. Um, as fun as the game may be, I, do, I barely touched it, but um, it... I don't think, I think it's wrong to demonize them for that, but not necessarily wrong um, for the sector to be criticized for that sort of thing, because lots of games pitched the game in terms of how much you could earn, rather than how much you enjoy it. But I don't know if I've ever seen a game that's pitched itself as a way of, you know, quit your job, play this game full time. I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, that really would be the (laughs) the limit. And I imagine if we'd seen it, it would have been in a podcast already. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd seen that. Um, just take a drink of water there. Um, <laughs> so I, I found the the quote I was looking for. So about halfway through the article, and this is a, um, after um, I believe five paragraphs, which is um, kind of a hey, the bottom's fallen out the crypto market. Loads of people are losing loads of money. Um, hmm. You know, Sky Mavis they had they had a hacker targeted the the Ronin Bridge and they lost all of this yep. money. And blah, blah. and the, the following paragraph after kind of all of those negative points is: Meanwhile, vast amounts of money are still being pumped into the blockchain gaming industry. So yeah. I can't see how Time can't say they they're kind of not attacking the industry as a whole here. This isn't this isn't an article about just Axie Infinity. It, it's deliberately about blockchain gaming as a whole. But using can I, sorry, can I just jump in with yeah, one, just one
0: little. One small caveat. So I've been an editor of a major website for a long time. And one thing we've been criticized about is uh, people used to... This happened all the time. People used to email and tweet at me as an editor and at the company uh, two different articles on our site that had um, contrasting views. Yeah. And they'd be like, look at this. Like, you, F-stoppers doesn't know which side it's on. Mm-hmm. But um, we have we've had up to 90 writers at a time and they each have different opinions so um, I don't want to tar time too much with this because it could well have been like as I think it's the job of a good editor to balance out the articles and allow people to express different opinions so it's not necessarily like cognitive dissonance for for time to you know buy land in the metaverse and then slag off the uh, gaming uh, play to earn and crypto gaming industry but this article definitely is doing that even if it says it's not
1: yeah yeah, no, I yeah. I, I entirely uh, entirely agree with you there. And uh, funnily enough, it's something that's happened at NFT Insider before. <laughs> when I've written something, and then we've had oh, a free, really? Yeah, we've had a freelancer um, kind of write a, an opposite opinion. It's something that I've had I've had messages about in the past. But uh, in any case, and um, kind of moving on to my my next point about this time article is they provide no references for a lot of the claims that they make. So all of mm. the all the financials, fine, you can go and look them up. Um, but there's a few. A few lines here that you'd think there would have some kind of, there'd be some kind of reference or some kind of link or just something yeah. to verify um, what they're saying. So um, there's one quite near the start, but um, towards the end of the article, um, it, this is just after talking about um, their valuation and the money they've raised and kind of the uh, the risk for for players who might mm-hmm. buy into Axie Infinity. The next paragraph starts, and Filipino scholars who were told that blockchain games would bring radical economic change are walking away confused and jaded. Um, Several scholars time-talked to said they owe hundreds or even thousands of dollars to friends or family who helped them pay their initial investment only for their monsters to become worthless. You think somewhere in that they would give some kind of info to who those people are? Or yep. the experience of these scholars, they're basically saying, "Hey, these
0: anonymous people we've spoken to have told us this, with yeah, so with, no, with nothing to qualify it." They they did this earlier in the article. This I think this is probably what you're referring to, but I ha- I happen to write it down where they said um, they quote uh, Samson orias Is that am I saying that right? You kind of rolled the r a little bit. Uh, Samson orias I think. Arayas. Maybe, maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm rolling it, and I shouldn't I, be, but. Well, I mean, you've got more Filipino background than me, so uh, as the whitest man on earth, I have to make these efforts. Anyway, um, a Filipino who played Axie to live and others said Axie reinforced predatory systems and gave them false hope. Um, Firstly, not to be um, disrespectful to Samerson, but his English wasn't of that standard. Um, to say that so they've definitely paraphrased him and also who, who are these other people that have like they yeah like you say they, they're not citing anything they're just anyone can do this oh just I heard this I'm going to put it in an article I, I just think that's uh, dishonest journalism um, but I've got <laughs> the the thing that really irked me about this article is I know we've already discussed the sensationalist element, but towards the end of the article, it said, Raist drifted away from the game toward the end of last summer after his mother died of a heart attack. Her funeral wiped out his savings, including the $200 he saved up playing Axie. He said, I feel regret and I wasn't able to provide for my mum. Now he's back in the taoki stand and hopes he can save up for a food stand of his own. He said, for those having a hard time, for those pushed to their wits end... Uh, he says, "Avaxi, stop playing." That is, I mean, I'm sure he said that, and I'm sure he feels that way. But my God, I mean, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to approach that. This is a a tragic story of somebody, a young man who's struggling for money and having to look after his sick, dying mother. So that is the most horrendous circumstance you can imagine. Yeah, and. He found something that, rather unlikely, but made him money when he was struggling to make enough money to live. Can we outright demonize that? I mean, you can outright demonize it if Axie had pitched the game as a way of surviving and, and, you know, had put up billboards in Philippines saying survive COVID, play Axie Infinity or something. Then, you, you know, it's indefensible. But... I don't know. I feel like this is really not giving a balanced representation of what the game did in the Philippines during COVID, when people couldn't—I mean, literally couldn't eat. The that yeah. we'll put it in the show notes. That documentary from Leah Callen Butler that I mentioned—you know, every twenty seconds—but it's it's just a really it's a really good um, counterbalance for this article because you can see the positive impact it had and how it literally literally saved families from breadline. Um, so I think you've gotta you've gotta balance it out. I don't think as we've said, actually never it never promised that it could save the world or you know, people from developing nations would no longer have to worry about money because they can just play this game. Um, but at the same time, I you know they they didn't really manage their economy that well and um the I the criticisms in this article I've also read elsewhere, which is, that it relied on new players buying in and yep. that's the only way that the economy could be sustained and they defended that in a I think a reasonably fair way and said that's how anything works you know get new people in through the door becomes more popular but I can see that the problems with that and you know the price of um, what is it, SLP or whatever is was yep. absolutely tanked mm-hmm. um, but so is, so is the whole crypto market and I, I think it's very much baby being thrown out with the bathwater just saying well you know, people in developing nations were able to feed their families for a bit, but now they can't. Like, what's with that? We should bin this all off. It's, it's horrendous. I yeah, don't think that's the reaction, is it?
1: No, and to kind of try to feel to the fire for this article, they, they kind of frame the article at the beginning as being all about um, Samuelson and his story. And if you mm. read through the article, there's maybe two, three quotes from him that say... Yeah i mean some of them are quite negative towards towards axie so this one um at first i was happy but after some time i noticed i was slowly getting weaker um i was feeling sleeplessness and getting stressed over the game um which is you know obviously negative effects on him um but i I almost feel like some of the things he said have been wildly taken out of context to fit time's narrative um and yeah. as, as you said, they, they don't really talk about the, the positive benefit. I mean, even at the very end of the article, it says he. he I mean, even though it, it is a very tragic story, he, he was able to save. A, you know, he he lost his Axie account. He lost some money, but he, he was he was able to save up some money playing Axie that went towards his um his mother's funeral. And I I feel like the, the article kind of drifts over that. You could definitely
0: spin the story differently, couldn't
1: you? Oh, absolutely, but, I absolutely. I mean,
0: why did he? Why did he? I mean firstly I don't want to pretend I can get into his his head or understand his situation I've never been in a situation no. as dire as that and um I you know I wish the guy well I really do yeah. but you know if he was making enough money working in the, on that stand making food um he wouldn't have been looking for other ways to try and dig himself out of poverty he he was struggling to take care of his you know sick mother and a new way, a novel way of making money presented itself and it just happened to be playing a game, which is, you know, amazing that you can make money from playing a game. I think you could definitely spin the story in a different way. I think where people feel bitter and spurned is where they have put money, they've invested, reinvested money into the game. Yeah. And then the crypto markets crashed and actually got hacked and... You know, it's tanked the price, but yeah, I think the the, the, the crypto market.
1: I feel like this article kind of frames, not that the crypto market crashing was Axie's fault, but because of the crypto market crashing, that all of this, you know, faith that Axie put into its players that they can make a living off of it, you know, it's their responsibility that, um, mm. you know, these these people playing the game can no longer afford, to, you know, feed their families or, or you know. Uh, pay their rent and things which I, I think so it's a fairly wild kind of accusation to make I mean even at the start yeah. of the article I mean the, the title says a crypto game promised to lift Filipinos out of poverty here's what happened instead within the first two and a half paragraphs um, it says um, his friend uh, Samuelson's friend told him that um, he and others were pocketing up to $600 a month playing Axie Infinity and then the next hmm. paragraph goes on to describe oh rice decided to try the game blah 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 so nowhere in that does it say you know Axie um, engaged in you know predatory marketing to try and grab this guy, and it was no, it was he was recommended it from a friend, um, yeah, word of mouth, and yeah, yeah, can you really blame Axie for that? I don't think so, um, but I, I think my my overarching point for kind of why we're talking about this article in particular is it's it's just another example of an article that. Um, is kind of the result of a media environment that feeds off of um, biased negative reporting. Or at least that's that's my view of it. So, I mean, if this, mm. if this article had been reworded to say, hey, you know, Axie Player um, is able to, you know, supplement himself through the COVID pandemic playing Axie, um, you know, a few things did go wrong, uh, uh, you know, but he was able to save up a little bit of money to go towards his mother's funeral, he was ill that's not the kind of article that's going to get anywhere near as much traction as the title of this time article is, which is, "Ah, yeah. oh, hey, this, this predatory game has promised to lift this guy out of poverty and instead it's, you know, it's ruined his life and, you know, he has no savings anymore. And I just think there's, and there's something that I'm, I think I've already written about for NFT Inside, but I think there's another piece coming up that's going to talk about it. If this um, kind of, uh, if this negative reporting on um, NFTs and cryptocurrency and Web three and blockchain games um, continues, and I'm not surprised that um, the vast majority of of not just the gaming community but kind of the wider public believe that no good can come of of blockchain tech, um, yep. and that kind of segues me into the the Reddit post which I'll also link in the uh, in the show notes. So um, um, yes. about about 24 hours ago. Um, somebody to r slash games on reddit as i said um betsy just copied and pasted um the link to this article and they got a little bit of traction and um yeah some of the comments are are very interesting some are somewhat sympathetic to um to kind of i guess our view of this but i'd say the Mm. the overwhelming majority (laughs) are (laughs) saying hey it's a ponzi scheme crypto games are you know they're all a scam they're all ponzi's they're all pyramids get out get out get out why would you ever put your money into into one of these um into one of these games and the the top comment or the, the top comment that appears for me um immediately references just the headline and um, so it says and i quote as soon as i read the hi- uh, the headline i immediately knew it was axie infinity um you probably have already seen it with how often it's been shared on reddit uh, but Dan Olson's line goes up video, which if you've God, not yeah. seen it, it's um it's what, about an hour and a half, two hours long, which kind of break, yeah. breaks down um basically the entire blockchain gaming industry and NFT industry and up to that point, and uh, kind of shows it in a negative light. I do think he has some good points, but that's kind of besides- yeah.
0: So do I. I, I watched it on a flight, and um it's definitely a lot of people in crypto. I, I'm glad we're both on the same page here. A lot yeah. of people in crypto immediately were like this is you know terrible. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I I don't I think he brings up a lot of fair points. He does. I don't yeah. like most of it, but uh, yeah. he brings up a lot of fair points. Yeah.
1: Uh, just to end that quote from the, the top comment on Reddit, uh, he says, uh, when this video, the line goes up, a video from Dan Olson was uploaded in January, Olson makes it clear that Axie was one of many crypto schemes made for exploitation under the veil of being a magic bullet that could lift people out of poverty. Again, I don't think, I mean, Axie promoted itself as play to earn, and they obviously will have known they had a big Asian uh, Asian player base, but mm-hmm. they've never expressly come out and said, hey, you can lift yourself out of poverty with this, or yeah. you can make X amount of money um, you know, a week or a month. It's, and, and just from this guy, I mean, there's no evidence that... I mean, I'm sure he did read the article, but his entire comment is based around just the headline, which, I mean, yeah. as is the nature of... The internet at large, of course. <laughs> um, most
0: most people wouldn't have read the article. No,
1: is think. is the headline means a lot. And funny enough, if you if you kind of compare the headline to the article, they're both. I mean, the headline is very clickbaity, very harsh, very kind of, of direct. Course. It's yeah. like, hey, all crypto games are banned If you read the article, it's not quite like that. It has a negative slant on it. But if you kind of read between mm. the lines, it tells. Uh, It tells a much different story to what the headline is trying to sell you, let's say. It's
0: it's the, here's what happened instead. Yeah. Um, It it infers that you already know Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. where that story is going. Uh, Can I read my favourite comment? And by favourite, I mean, I had to take a walk after I read it. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I can't remember the guy's username, and frankly, I don't care. Uh, I wrote it down in a Word document. It says... It's a massive, massive scam that aims to take advantage of poor people with the promise of riches. And anyone who supports play-to-earn games, NFTs in games or crypto in games supports this horrific business model that aims to make rich people richer at the expense of poor. It's absolutely disgusting. And these people should be in prison. I mean, yeah, it's like he's daisy chained incorrect statements. It, it, I, I mean that, that firstly what he's describing is capitalism <laughs> and we've seen it for hundreds of if not a thousand years secondly i mean i'd i'd love to just have him justify each one of these things what is he saying Is a massive massive scam is it Axie? i think he's talking about crypto as a whole including nfts um As for anyone who supports play-to-earn games, NFTs and games or crypto and games, supports this horrific business model in which rich people get richer at the expense of of poor people. That is the dictionary definition of of capitalism. But I also don't think that's necessarily um, how anything works. You know, rich people often do get richer and poor people often stay poor. That is the flaw of modern economics, if not always been the flaw of it. But... I don't understand, I mean, this comes back to my episode with Dave. I, I still don't really understand the vitriol towards NFTs and games because when I first heard about NFTs and games, I didn't understand them. Um, this was a good few years ago now, and I didn't understand, I can't remember who told me about them anymore, but I remember Dave and I talking about it on a Discord call, and he got it before I did. He, he understood it and he was trying to explain it to me and and then it suddenly just clicked and I was like oh well that's really cool this is so good I can't wait for this to be a thing and then and now it's like the the opposite has happened and I'm I'm so confused it felt like nothing but a net positive if you take away the environmental impact if you take away the the things that we are have solved or are solving um like you know gas fees blah 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 i i don't Understand why you don't want to own the things you're buying in games. I, I I don't get it. If you're if you're earning an item in game or you're buying a, a an item through a microtransaction, owning that in your wallet that you can sell on and and recoup some of the money back. I, what is it you don't like about that? Is it just the the crypto community? Is it the crypto bros? Is it that um, crypto so volatile? I think there's lots of reasons to be wary of it, but at the, at the very most basic form of this, where you can own the things you earn in games, it, it just seems unambiguously good to me. And I think my final my final point on this is a lot of my frustration comes from the fact that when I read these comments and, you know, the line goes up documentary, I watched that. Uh, I watched it all. And when I read the criticisms and I listen to the criticisms and I watch the criticisms of blockchain gaming, of crypto, of Web3, of NFTs, of play to earn, of play and earn. And I try to understand them and I find things that I agree with and I think we should improve. And you and I always talk about ways in which the industry should improve. In fact, we did it so much we had to do an upbeat episode just to, just to offset our negativity. Um, so there's lots I agree with. And I go to all this effort to try and find the perspective they see this situation from. But I don't feel like the people that are just uh, just laying into into blockchain gaming uh, every turn, I don't think they're doing their due diligence. I don't think they're trying to find ways in which it could be good. I don't no. think they ever... I mean, not everyone. Obviously, there, there are balanced people out there. But it doesn't feel like it at the moment. It feels black or white. And, and it's really tiring, you know, like we do, putting time into listening to these arguments and countering them and offering different opinions and then other people just—it just seems like an echo chamber of people saying it's a scam and NFTs and games is is the devil.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you've <laughs> you've kind of encapsulated my feeling um, pretty much perfectly there. Um, just as you were speaking and as I was listening along, I was flicking through some of the uh, some more of the Reddit comments, and uh, yeah, the vast majority of them, rather than saying anything about Axie specifically, are, are all that all crypto is a Ponzi or all blockchain games are a mm. Ponzi and there's no worth to them. And a couple of people saying like, Oh, at least with like a real MLM, you get like some Tupperware or like supplements that don't work. <laughs> or That's quite funny. Which yeah, yeah, is quite a funny point. But I think, as you said, with a lot of these people, there's, there's little want to actually dive in and, learn more and to expand their horizons it's like okay this is my opinion and i'm going to stick to it you know i I have i have no interest in learning more or discovering if there are good aspects to this new technology or you know possibly there have been some benefits to to people in you know third world countries or developing nations or or whatever it's it's very much crypto is all bad there's nothing good to it end of and it's not just the community at large saying that it's media outlets and its influencers and its people that hold sway um with the opinion of others and i think Mm. what kind of the the more i'd say balanced discussions that me and you have on this podcast um are are very much a rarity um in the space and we are i suppose we're fighting against um kind of this torrent of misinformation um Mm. as we've said in the past um Crypto and NFTs and blockchain and Web three. It isn't all good, but it isn't all bad either. You know, there's mm. there is a middle ground there, um, and there's there are viable applications as well as there are bad actors who will try and exploit it for um, for illegal or bad means. Um, mm. But that's that's a human issue. It's not an issue of the technology itself. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with blockchain technology. It's how particular people are using it, and how typical people, uh, or how particular people rather, view how those bad actors are using the tech.
0: Yeah, yes, it's, it's a difficult situation, and it's it's frustrating to to be outside of it. I think one of the things I always come back to, and maybe I'm just sort of feeling sorry for myself, and and I'm definitely you know not not typical for uh, for everyone that's involved in this, but. I'm not a game developer. Um, I am not an executive in the gaming sector. I have no industry background working in gaming. I am a gamer through and through. Like yeah. my dad was a gamer. Still is a gamer. He's in his sixties. He still games every day. Plays PC games. Um, I can Like I, I'm just a gamer and I love gaming. Why would I want to ruin it? Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you think? What What's my, you know, motivation for this? I, the reason that I was attracted to NFTs and games, the reason we started Token Gamer, which we didn't really anticipate to be a business, we uh, we started it as a website where we could just put news and, and write about the topic, um, was because ownership is is so cool and has so many, so many applications. So it's frustrating. There was one more thing I, I wrote down, which, so I think a lot of the, I think a lot of people were waiting for this to happen because... Making money from a game is, it feels idealistic. It feels kind of ridiculous that, you know, throughout human history, to earn a living or to feed yourself, you had to work hard. You had to do things you didn't want to do. That's what work always was. And over the last, God, I don't know, I haven't done the necessary research, but I'd probably say over the last 20 or 30 years, more and more jobs have been enjoyable and people have made more and more people are making money from doing what they want to do um, rather than being thrust down a coal mine. Yeah. And this really represented the pinnacle of that playing, playing a game that I mean that's how the game started it. The game start actually infinity started as, as a game that people would enjoy. Yeah. And if you watch the uh, aforementioned documentary, uh, a lot of them say, oh I really like it, it's a fun game. this is you know before it really kicked off. And they were playing it because they enjoyed the game. But I started to think about the question, which I think is a a reasonable question. And I definitely want to hear what you think on this. is, Is it possible to make money from gaming? Is this something that can be sustained long term? And I think it is. But I think it's got to change. I think the way it's working right now, it can't it isn't sustainable it can't be sustainable however and you know for any developers listening i really think this is the route people should go i think advertising in popular games is heavily underutilized um and i think the developers could strike a nice balance you know attention is the greatest currency we have at the moment and that's what people are willing to pay a lot of money for and i i think there's ways that people can always earn money from, from playing a game. And if you have enough players in any game, you can earn money. I mean, people have been gold farming in WoW and, yep. you know, farming items for God knows how long. And I think that can continue. We just have to strike a balance, yep. a better balance than we have. Um, What, what do you make of that? Do you, do you think that do you think play to earn play? so this is what it's all going to come down to isn't it play to earn or play and earn do you think play to earn can continue is it sustainable
1: I think both both phrases have the same core problem is that whatever you call playing a game and earning money from it whether it's play and earn, play to earn, play and own Mm. whatever the player at the end of it still views it as the same system they still view it as I'm playing a game. I'm yeah. earning something, and I'm selling it for money. It doesn't matter, kind of what words you dress it in. Um, mm-hmm. And there are games, and I don't want to say one way or the other where whether I think Axie was one of them that that do focus a lot of their marketing on the earning potential um, and not yeah. just not just games and um, marketplaces and you know artists and other collections as well you know it's like hey you buy this and the utility's got so much value or hey this game asset's going to have so much utility in the game and blah 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 so i think part of it is i mean couple of players have come to expect that at this point um you know with so many games saying hey you buy these assets they're going to be they've got so much value in the game then. Of course, they're gonna be like, oh, you know, if I buy this, I can make a profit off of it. So, a part of it is now the expectation from the player base that that's what they've come to expect from games, and part of it is um, the blockchain games that kind of continue to perpetuate the, hey, if you buy this, you can make money, whether it's um, explicit or whether it's more nuanced um, than that. Um, but to to kind of wind back a bit um, and to get to kind of the kind of the root of of this point, I think is. You you wrote recently about Diablo Immortal on NFT Insider Mm. and made reference to Diablo 3's real-world auction house, which Mm. um, was shut down in 2014. And uh, as part of just a bit of research into this podcast episode, I went and looked back at some of the articles at the time talking about the real-world auction house. And there was none of this... Hey, you know, people from developing nations are playing this game and earning money or losing money or, or whatever the case is. It was like, mm. hey, we've spoken to this market flipper who earned five thousand dollars a day, and like, oh, look at all these cool people making loads of money. And There wasn't any of this kind of negative, um, this negative bias to, um, to the reporting. But what I found very interesting um, in an article from, uh, from Wired is that, I mean, first off, (laughs) they say in the article, um, quote, when Blizzard announced the auction house in 2011, it sounded like a great idea. Um, And then went on to say, oh, hey, players getting high-level loot can sell it make money, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then didn't step back and say, but that was wrong. They said, so what went wrong? Almost Mm. that they still believe that it could have been correct. It was just implemented incorrectly. And if you go to the end of the article, there's a quote from um, uh, former game director Jay Wilson who um, who previously worked at Blizzard, um, who said, and I quote, the auction house can short-circuit the natural pace of item drops, making the game feel less rewarding for some players. That's not a criticism of the auction house itself. It's the criticism of the items that they are allowed to be sold in the auction house. Mm. And this is where mm. I think Web3 games could potentially, or one game will come out there that hits the nail on the head with it, is that if you have, let's say, uh, a World of Warcraft model where, but you know bar one or two very exclusive items you can pretty much buy and sell anything uh, on the in-game auction house using gold um Mm -hmm. i don't think that model works in in web3 but let's say if you had a a web3 mmo where all of the legendary items and the best gear etc was you know soul bound and could not be transferred between accounts um, Mm -hmm. and all the other items and materials and etc were nfts that you could uh, buy and trade and sell and 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 things like that. I think that's there's a way for a model like that to work. I mean, I'm not I'm not a game designer or an economist, but I find it I find it difficult to believe that there isn't a model out there for which NFTs could successfully work in a uh, in an MMO or any kind of um, a video game. Um, I just thought it was unusual to see that the kind of the rhetoric ten years ago on a, a marketplace kind of very similar to NFTs basically um, was. Viewed much more positively than than NFTs are viewed now. Um, yeah. So strange.
0: Yeah. I, well, I think I think it's um, it's typical of, of maybe everything, but particularly in the gaming sector, where at first people aren't sure about it, and then there's some pushback, and you try and you're trying to find a nice balance. And I I think to, to sort of answer my question of whether play to earn and play and earn will will exist i think it's roughly what you said that it's probably not quite there yet they nobody's got it right but there is a way in which their systems could exist and i don't know why people are so shocked that you know developers and players are looking to make money from games i mean it it, are they are you not watching have you <laughs> not seen what's been happening for 20 years have you not seen youtube have you not seen twitch have you not seen these people doing uh, coaching for games there is entire industries circulating just orbiting around gaming yeah there's people education there's uh, entertainment content there's live streaming there's there's so many ways in which people are already making money from gaming we've definitely said this before but imagine 20 years ago saying to... Um, well, you wouldn't have said this because you'd have been like four. But uh, imagine 20 years ago saying to your parents, I want to grow up and be a streamer or a YouTuber. Yep. Um, even my liberal gamer dad would have said, <laughs> okay, but maybe maybe get a degree in finance or something just in case <laughs> yeah. that doesn't work out, you know. Um, and now it, it's common. It's yep. common for people... Um, particularly you know primary secondary school they're now saying they want to be I mean I hate the word influencer but you know a lot of people want to be influencers but uh, I think the more reasonable one is they want to be you know content creators they Mm. want to they want to and there's nothing wrong with that there's a market for it there's people are are desperate for more and more better and better content um, around gaming so I don't know why anyone's surprised that there are more there's you know more avenues being crafted for people to make money from playing games and enjoying themselves. And I don't know why we balk at it. It feels like a very old-fashioned stance to say, oh, you can't make money from that. I mean, think how 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 long has this been happening? I bet, you know, in the 1700s, future novelists were told they need to go work in the mill rather than write words down. How are you ever <laughs> going to make money writing words? Like, it's just how we're progressing. Society is, I guess... Um, distribution of money in terms of the working world, obviously, I'm not an economist. I'm definitely not getting into uh, you know wealth distribution, but in terms of the working world, there's now it's, there's far more ways you can you can make money, and and that's a good thing. Yeah. And I I think what actually they may have got a number of things wrong with their economy, but what they did I think touched on something kind of great that yeah. developing nations don't have access to lots of revenue streams, uh, generally. The people in these communities, particularly in, you know, that documentary and um, Samerson, he doesn't have many options to make lots of money. And if games can add, you know, other options, because he, he says, um is it that, is it, it might be in the video for that article. I think he was talking about how, Oh, it's one of them. Uh, one of those videos. Uh, they're talking about how they're a gamer and they love gaming. Mm-hmm. And then they saw an opportunity to make money from gaming and they took it. Like, why, why are you demonizing that? What's yeah. to demonize? There's a guy that's in a terrible situation that has something he enjoys and, and has found the, a way that he might be able to improve his financial situation with it. I, I just, I don't know why people are so desperate for it to fail. And yep. I, I don't know how I ended it up back on a ramp. <laughs> we I, think, um, I think and I, this is just
1: my personal view. I think the kind of the social media age has kind of expected people to, people expect more, they expect it quicker, and they expect it to be the best it can be. Yeah. Um, if we go back to, you know, early internet when people start first started making money online. You know, with I don't know early days of eBay or or, or yeah. whatever the case would be, people would have thought it was crazy that you could build a business off that. And yet here we are um, yeah. to move forward from that. You know, we're currently seeing the first iteration of of blockchain games. You know, the, this brand new industry of of uh, of NFT gaming, and I think it's it's irresponsible of of us or for anyone really to have expected. Um, a game like Axie Infinity that is, in the terms of the bigger picture, so early um, to have this perfect economic model that works for everybody. Um, yeah. I mean, if you if you look back in gaming, if you look back in, um, in in MMOs, you know some of the things we we take for granted in, let's say, an MMO nowadays, like an inventory and your classes and the way you equip items. Um, those weren't you know, those weren't solid aspects that you you know, the grounding features that you built an MMO around 20 years ago. You know, people had vastly different interpretations of how you carry items, how the controls work, how how the in-game economy works, how items are dropped, how quests work, all of this. And we're we're in those very early days with, with blockchain games. Um, especially at the moment where the vast majority of people building the blockchain games you can play right now. Are not seasoned game developers there's a lot of first-timers or a lot of indie devs you know you're not seeing many people in the industry that have games you can play right now that have been you know working at a triple a studio for 25 30 years who have a you know a really grounded um look at how uh, how in-game economies work and how player behaviors work and all these sorts of things those games are being built right now but they're not live right now um, and so, whilst I think we are going to have games in future that have better economic models and and you know maybe market themselves in a more quote unquote proper way, those games aren't available right now. And I think to to demonise the the future of what we're going to see in blockchain gaming based on what we have today, um, it just isn't it isn't right. And it, it's as I said earlier, I kind of wish. And People kind of broaden their horizons and have a bit more foresight when looking at this technology rather than um, just putting it to one side and be like, right, I'm never touching this. I don't want anything to do mm. with it. Everything on it will always be bad because um, there is a lot of value and there is a lot of potential. It might not all be being realized right now, but it is there and someone yeah. will come across it and someone will build something um, viable out of it.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's certainly not binary. Uh, they, it does feel like they just, you know, these sort of articles. People just want to throw it out, like you know, it was a fad. It didn't work, but like anything, it it's gonna need to be iterated upon, and eventually we'll improve it. Uh, I, I think we've we've covered most of the ground we wanted to cover, but I think we should, as by way of conclusion, we should um, offer our answer to the the title, which is has played to earn games wronged developing nations um my answer to that and this is for the industry as a whole play to earn games as a whole not just axie infinity i would say mostly no with you know strands of yes yep. just in that i think it, yes in so far as there were many games that marketed them marketed themselves as ways to earn certain amounts of money which is suicide in an industry as volatile as crypto. A market that is that up and down. It's irresponsible to do. And I think, I don't know whether they targeted de- developing nations. Maybe some did. I think that that would be unconscionable if they did. But mm. whether they did or not, I do think that, that they have wronged people by doing that. But there weren't many gains that did that. And I think as a whole, the intention of play to earn yeah I mean this is perhaps a bigger point but I I won't go any further into it but I think the intention of play to earn was play and earn I think that was the intention it was never meant to be an income it was never meant to be a job it was just a bonus for playing their game and I think as a whole no the you know developing nations I don't think were wronged I think in many ways they were enriched however Temporarily, and I think you know it's something we'll get, we're going to build on. Um, yep. yeah, I, I think that's my answer. So, um, do you think developing nations have been wronged? So, I broadly
1: agree with you. Um, has Play to Earn Gaming wronged developing nations? I don't think that was the intention, however, I do think games, uh, also the companies behind games, such as Axie Infinity and many other games besides, um, should have done and could now be doing more to safeguard their users and educate them about the risks involved mm, um, inherently bad. within crypto nfts and blockchain gaming um i think it's uh, there is a severe kind of lack of that uh, of that um that education i mean we're both from the uk um anything that is remotely to do with gambling in this country is plastered with anti gambling um mm. adverts you know it's um the whole um i can't remember the exact quotes but after every tv advert on every online advert wherever you see it um it's hey be aware of the risks and what you're getting into when the fun stops stop
0: yeah oh well, like, absolutely and my mate was there's... involved in that advertising campaign oh wow so really I thought I'd just give him a, a quick shout out <laughs> on that yeah,
1: Sorry. yeah. but it, whilst that's um commonplace when it comes to um, the aspects of, you know, gambling on, you know, horses or, you know, boxing or whatever, a-, a lot of the same elements of risk are applicable to blockchain games. And I do think that these games and these studios have a responsibility um, alongside developing these games in uh, a way that helps to safeguard players and um, to also help educate the players on these risks so they can make an informed decision as to whether this is something that they want to get into. Um I think that's just the the responsible thing they should be doing um i know my favorite topic on this podcast is regulation but i'd be i'd be hard-pressed to to see if um to say there's not going to be something that comes in place to say hey you should probably declare that these are risky things to to own and trade and um, Mm. whatever the case may be but uh, but again um that's where people like us come in you know and we talk about the, we try to educate the people that read um, NFT Insider and Token Gamer on the risks and present as balanced arguments as we can and mm. ultimately be honest to the reader about the industry that we're in. Um, we're obviously big supporters of it, but there are ways that it can improve. And Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think when it comes to education and safeguarding of users, um, there is a lot more that could be done.
0: Okay. I like that. We don't usually do a wrap-up at the end. <laughs> ever. It was but, good. Uh, yeah, that, that worked out well. Okay, so um, on to our outro. I, I mean, we'll have done a little cut after the intro, but I don't. I think this outro is going to be strong because our intro, we freestyled it in one take <laughs> and it was it was, you know, exactly right. And we didn't write any script for it or anything. And that's... How many times has that happened? Is that is that the second time in 34 this, episodes? I think it's the second time, yeah, which is... Uh, yeah. Which is really telling of us as um, <laughs> dreadful uh, podcast participants. But, um, okay, John, where can people find you?
1: So, for the latest NFT news, you can head to nftinsider.io. Um, we hired two new full-time writers this week. So, nice. we are... Um, working towards uh, daily articles on NFT Insider, plus also broadening our horizons back into videos and live streaming, which are uh, two aspects of what I did for NFT Insider that I absolutely love to do and then um, Mm. just couldn't find the time to. And now, um, hopefully, uh, starting relatively soon, I'll be able to kickstart those again. So, yeah, you can look out for those. Um, In terms of the socials, it's NFT Insider underscore IO. Um, we have giveaways going all the time. I'll be sharing um, important bits of info from the uh, from the crypto space, especially in the last uh, week or two when there's been a, a number of high profile, you know, Twitter accounts and Discords been hacked. I try and share that info whenever I see it, so you guys are kept informed. So, uh, so yeah, there we go with that. Uh, for me personally, it is at Hydropowered H Y D R O P W R D on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse. Oh, there's definitely some more in there. <laughs> of course i'm tweeting every day about uh about the industry in general about things to um to keep an eye out for and as referenced uh, at the start of the podcast questions such as how do you define the metaverse um, which always generates some interesting um debate and discussion so yeah be sure to follow me on all of those if you want some more info um, i think that's everything from me rob over to you that question
0: is such bait <laughs> I almost, I almost dislike you for putting that question out there because you know there's no answer you just oh, want yeah, right. to see the it's like throwing money out of a window onto the streets <laughs> and watching people scrabble below um, yes where can you find us so uh, tokengamer.io is daily blockchain gaming news and everything pertaining to blockchain gaming um, then twitch.tv forward slash tokengamer where we are streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays 8pm UTC where Jonah super dope plays blockchain games and does giveaways and uh, he's been playing some really cool games lately. I mean, he I, I i don't know if he's just excellent at selling them, but it just feels like we've come so far so quickly. With uh, Have you seen Earth from Another Sun? I haven't, no. Oh, look up the VOD of him playing Earth from Another Sun. That game looks incredible. Anyway, um, he will be streaming uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Twitter, it's at Token Gamer News. And then we've got our Wax Companion app with Blockchain Gamer News built in, which is uh, just Token Gamer. And that's on uh, Android and Apple. And we've got giveaways. A new giveaway went up yesterday, which is... I, was, I found it difficult to work out exactly how much money all these NFTs were worth. But we're working with Warsaken, the um, military strategy trading card game, Um, which is also going to be a physical tabletop game which is really cool that they're doing both on-chain digital and off-chain physical which I just I really like that Um, but we're giving away I mean it's got to be over $500 worth of their cards so um, always free to enter we never charge anyone for that so just hop in Uh, is there anything else? we've got so much in the works but I don't know what I can talk about so um, (laughs) rather than ramble for a little while I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it there
1: well there we go episode 34 of the Mint One podcast is in the books and I just realised for the last 3 4 seconds I was looking into the wrong camera so you got more than one camera well I've What's got up, I've, you got under there I've got my old webcam which I haven't oh, taken right. off the top of my monitor yet so
0: I've just been looking into this one and all you guys are looking at me over there so I thought I'd refer- I never look at the, I, I look, like you saw last week I didn't even for the intro it was only when I noticed you did that I I now look into the camera I don't look into the camera at all. I forget. I just want to forget it's there. I don't like being in front of the camera <laughs> particularly. So I, it's, so I hide from it. It's so strange. I
1: remember when I started streaming, I almost didn't want to have my OBS window open. So, I, you know, yeah. I, don't, I didn't want to know that my face was being live streamed to, you know, the... 10 yep. 15 20 people that are watching but anyway um back uh, back on topic episode 20, 24, 34 of the 34. mint one podcast is now in the books um if you're watching this on youtube be sure to give it a like and subscribe and that would really help us out and if you've got any uh, got any comments um youtube is uh, is a great place to do them you know let us know your thoughts mm. on the episode any topics uh, that you'd like us to discuss any questions that you have um as you will know every now and again we do a questions episode where we uh, we talk through the questions you ask us so so yeah um coming up on the uh, on the podcast in the next couple of weeks hopefully i mean we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now but we should have some guests <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah if, um, i hope your scheduling is uh, difficult yeah yeah it, it's difficult to get um to get the both of us plus someone else uh, all all scheduled at the same time but anyway um hopefully we'll have that to look forward to as well and of course if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, five star podcast review and anyway, i believe you can leave reviews on spotify now as well so um that would be a massive help to us um yeah there we go episode 34 in the box thank you very much for listening and we hope that you tune in again next week <laughs>